Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Todd, I'd like to start this week with an apology to Samantha O'Donnell from Edina High School and to anyone who is expecting on-the-ground updates from the Edina-Minnetonka girls game last night. Mm. It is one of the great sadnesses of my entire life that I couldn't be there. Yes. I apologize. You missed a dandy. I did. I caught the... uh, I caught the last half of the game mm-hmm. on the live stream. I had to set my laptop up like 12 feet away from me because my eyes were dilated so that I could see it. Oh, sure. But uh, And then I had Lara, my lovely lady, tell me what the score was and read my tweets before I sent them out. So there's my there's my confession for this Wednesday. You had a proof tweeter? I did. I had a proof tweeter, and I'm pretty sure I still made a mistake in there somewhere. No, that's okay. Hey, no, we're going to make mistakes today. So in case you're brand new to our podcast, we like to call it Her Ice. Uh, this is episode number three of our third season on the uh, on the caster, the roadcaster, as we're live here in Studio 1A, located in uh, southern Bloomington. Um, we're a podcast that we like to discuss different topics that, uh, that focus on girls' hockey, especially the high school scene here in the state of hockey, Minnesota. We chat about players, games, hot topics, and anything related to the coolest game on ice. And we are proudly sponsored by the Minnesotan. I don't know if you've got a chance to get over there. You are an east side guy. Have you got a chance to stop by the old Minnesotan yet? I have not gotten a chance to stop by the Minnesotan yet. I do have my eye on a couple of pieces over there, so I would use our referral code yes which i don't have you have that but i would use the code and i would order something online why don't you tell us what the referral code is yeah so if you throw in that uh when you're ordering something online use yhh for the 15 percent discount same one that they use for the boys high school uh podcast and that will get you some savings on your purchase guess what's coming up which is even perfect timing valentine's day what is it like 15 percent 15%, 15%, yeah. So there's, there's some great deals on there. Uh, looking at the site, folks, there's some cool stuff on there. You can get some retro rock and roll T-shirts. You can get a cropped. You can get a uh, half zip-up pullover. You can get the O'Ham's beer hat, which is my personal favorite on there. Or you can get a sweet-looking USA Olympic uh, hat if or a golf shirt. Whatever works out best for you. So, hey, if you got that gal in mind or a guy in mind and you're looking to get him or her something special for old V-Day, hey, check out the Minnesota located in beautiful, historic, downtown White Bear Lake. All right, let's kick this thing off because we have a lot of stuff to get to today. Again, the beauty of, I think, right now after our first one where it's like, oh, preseason, we're not sure what's going on now. Making Air- a lot of guesses in the preseason. We were. We were a guest machine. But now... Every single week is full of content, full of meat. I mean, every single show I feel is a is a sit-down, five-course meal. So we're going to start with a little appetizer, shall we? <laughs> this is Peter's top ten. We like to go through his top ten. He works tirelessly on the rankings, even though some teams don't move much. But I'm going to throw the onion rings over to Peter so he can gnaw with his favorite dipping sauce. That was the first appetizer that came to your mind was onion rings? Oh, onion rings. Homemade batter with blue cheese dressing. Drop your socks. Not even close to bruschetta. Bruschetta is a good appetizer. I consider wings to be an appetizer. Oh, Oh. I don't think that they're a meal. 
Wings so is more wings. of a snacky backy, but are you talking good bruschetta with some homegrown tomatoes? Oh my gosh, that would just drizzle of olive oil but, on there. But you get some home battered onion rings, freshly breaded that day. Now I worked in a restaurant when I was in high school, so I know how to bread my onion rings. Let me tell you right now, <laughs> every single batch was homemade. Let me tell you, folks. Anyway, enough with my <laughs> drooling, tripping food selections. Let's get food over to the, the meaty, the meaty ten. Here's the the meat of the meal. So double A rankings came out on Monday. Uh, Hill Murray was probably the biggest mover going from seven to four wins over Breck and Benilde definitely helped the resume. I think I mentioned that in the staff rankings and the pioneers have a chance not only to pad the resume, not only to expand the resume, mm, like to, my stomach for onion rings right now, to set the resume on fire and lift it up into the sky and turn it into a thousand fireworks. The pioneers will face Edina, Tonight at Aldrich Arena, Woo! big, big game for the Pioneers. For Edina, I hate to tell you, if they win this game by one goal or by ten goals, they will still be number two behind Andover. Uh, Burnsville enters this week's top ten after a solid win over Apple Valley. Duking it out in the South Suburban, I feel like, should be its own reward considering how often those teams see each other and the Blaze are a little bit landlocked considering how big the conference is due to covid um, I believe the state high school league said if your conference is, you know, yay big, you have to stay within your conference. So they'll face the same teams over and over this season. But if you can get out of the South Suburban with a good record, you're a quality team. I call that the black and blue league down there. It really is. I mean, it's literally all they're doing is going to beat each other up. Oh, yeah. Every single game. Imagine how much film teams have on each <sighs> other down there. No kidding. It's like, gosh, we have not seen Dodge County. Who is this Gentry Academy? I don't know who this is. Like, are you kidding me? It's Apple Valley, the Moran ancestors. We got this one. We've got 10 reams of DVD or 10 reams of film on each group. Yes, we've got YouTube video on Eastview and Egan until the cows come home. In Class A, Mount West Tonka takes over at number five. The Whitehawks are 6-0. and They beat rival Orono 5-2. They've outscored their first six opponents 37-8. to Whitehawks looking good. Number five, as we mentioned almost every week, is a bit of a revolving door in Class A, a little bit like number 10 is in Class 2A. So the, it's the Whitehawks' turn through the revolving door. An impressive stat right there that pops at me right away with that Mount West Tonka's club is the goaltender, Callie Nelson. I mean, she's leading the conference with the goals allowed 1.20 and her save percentage of 931 and two shuts. So Pretty good. That's not too bad. If you're going to pop into the top five, guess what you need? A solid goaltender. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, speaking of pretty good, um, we're going to bounce uh, some teams at you that have been kind of on our radar um, there's a couple that we've kind of chatted with. Maybe we've peaked at as we go. I'd like to say that every single week we start things fresh, but as the week goes, we, you know, always good research, always keeping track of things <laughs> that keep on our eye. Mind you, when you've got a couple friends that are around the district or around the neighborhood, you kind of peek an eye extra. One of these teams I want to put on your radar, and he actually mentioned it, which I was like super excited when he said he put them in the top 10 for the doubles because I was like, I think we should talk about that's right out there. Everybody <laughs> down there in the 952 south of the river, your Burnsville Blaze oh are on the radar. I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why they should be on, on your radar. Tell me. First of all, they got a heck of a record right now. They've started off 5 0 1. Now, mind you, they're going to come up with some testy games soon because uh, obviously they're going to be going against. All of a sudden, my computer decided to freeze me right nice. on that team page. But a couple of players have been the 
the backbone of this squad, especially Sammy Bowlby, has been the leading goal scorer on that team. She's got seven goals to lead the team. She's had two really good back-to-back games. Uh, she had a two-goal game last night uh, in their win over Apple Valley, so that put her uh, right there ahead. And also she had a, a goal in the, in the game before uh, as they beat Lakeville North. On Friday, 6-1, so another good reason. Another gal in the squad that's really impressing a lot of people, myself, and mind you, ironically, she's actually helped some of our YHA tournaments, is Katie Kedzmerick. Ah. Uh, and so she's got nine helpers on the team. She's yeah. not only leading the team with assists, but she's second in points in the team. And then, of course, we're going back to the what is going to be your biggest backbone for championships, goaltending. And Maria Wyden. hope I'm saying that right. I, don't know if it was, I would say Wyden. Um, she's, I should remember, but I do not. You should. Um, but she's doing extremely well. She's got all six of the, the games she has been the goaltender for. Um, she, they've had a couple others who kind of jumped in there and helped a little bit, but she's got the majority of the work. She's got the 5-0-1 record. Uh, our goals allowed is 1.00, not too shabby for six games. And her, her save percentage, which jumped at me right away, 952. I mean, with only one shutout. So, I mean, and again, that's the black and blue division of the south the southwest suburban where it's just beating at you. Though. You're not going to get shutouts all the time. They're going to keep fighting for that that goal here, goal there, to make it close. That nine five two has got to be right up there near the top of the South Suburban. I would I would say so, without having that quick jump there. But that was the number that really jumped to me. So, um, also, I one of my favorite defensemen on that team is Olivia Carlson, who got, who got a goal. <laughs> Another All Star YHH employee. Another YHH employee out there, Crazy. but she she got a goal and assist last night in the Apple Valley win. So, kudos to Livy. Love you so much. But uh, hey, keep the blaze on your radar. Because they are coming at you. By the way, Todd and Olivia are related. No. No Cousins. Blood. Nope. No blood. Cousins by marriage. Nope. Not at all? Nope. You we, sure? Yep. We've been friends with Olivia's parents before we were married. Like, we've been... Okay. So, this is like it's basically your niece. Basically. 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 I've, okay. seen her, I've seen her grow up. Okay. I probably changed a diaper or two of hers, I'm sure, back in the day. Hey, what are friends for if right. not to change your right. kids' and her, diapers? Her, and Olivia's like... If I remember, she's just about a week younger than my son. So that's, I mean, how close we are at age. Yeah. Like my oldest, their oldest. You're basically my, related. Basically, pretty dang close. <laughs> the sixth the sixth kid. Um, but another squad we want to talk about, actually my, actually my home area code. Yeah, this is a personal pride 507. thing 507. You. you know, at first, you know, last year we kept talking about the 507s. I know Northfield had a nice little club last year. They're doing really well. Yeah. But this year, the 507s actually – they're kind of standing on their head a little bit, and I'm going to tell you a little bit why. Um, they're not becoming the new black and blue division, um, as I said, the South Suburban, but they are definitely are all fighting each other. Let me throw these numbers at you real quick, and I don't want to overwhelm you with numbers, but there's four teams at the top of the big nine that have all have zero or one loss. Now, mind you, they're probably Oof. beating up the bottom, so obviously you're going to see the Mankato East and the Mayo and the, and the Winona they're get, they're getting the the blunt of all the win, all the losses here. But you got Northfields on top with five zero and zero. You've got Alberly who just beat Austin last night. So Austin's first loss of the season came last night against the rivals from Alberly. You have Oatana who last week we talked about last week. They were undefeated until they came up upon Northfield. Northfield beat them. So now Oatana's five and one. And then you have Austin right there in the fourth per se place. Or technically you look anyway, but they're four and one. So there's all five of those those four squads all within distance of, of beating each other up or beating everyone else up, and then they're going to take over. So I'm not sure if Northfield is going to keep that one, but I think that's the, the conference to keep an eye on as each one is kind of doing their own little thing. And Northfield, 
I think right now has got that edge, obviously because they have beat Olatana, they have beat Albert Lee. It the, feels a little bit like South Suburban Conference light. It does. Where everybody's just going to beat on everybody. They are, and I think I call them the Southwest Suburbans. We know what's South, the SSC, <laughs> I should say. But more should be like the SEC because it just means more it in does, the South it, Suburban It does conference. mean more. So, you know, um, so I, I think that's one. I think another thing that's kind of a shocker, if you really throw it there, is you have a town the size of Mankato and you have a town the size of Rochester, and they just don't have the components or players to compete at that level. I know Lourdes had a great, have had a good team the last couple of years, but then they graduated a couple of gals last year. So now Lourdes, but Lourdes is not in the big nine. I don't want to say that, but I'm just saying a large town like Rochester and they just don't have the athletes, which is surprising coming from like Northfield and Aberlea now Owatan and Austin who are now rising to the top. So kudos to the 507s. We're going to watch that one as they go down. So folks, keep them on your radar. I would venture to guess that Owatonna and Northfield and those towns you just mentioned have a slight advantage over Mankato and Rochester, considering that Mankato and Rochester have single youth programs, and then they splinter everybody into four different high schools in Rochester and three different high schools in Mankato. So one of the drawbacks of living in a place like Rochester and Mankato is that if you have a, a talented group that's come through, Couple go to John Marshall, couple go to Mayo, couple go to Century, couple go to Lourdes in Mankato, a couple go to Mankato East, couple go to Mankato West, a couple might opt for Loyola, but they're co-opt with Mankato East. Yep. So and even if you do have a talented group, they could be split up by the time they get to high school. And if my memory serves me, I do believe that John Marshall co-ops with Lourdes, I do believe. That was a weird co-op last year. It's a weird one. Didn't their coach leave in the middle of the season? Yes. Okay. Yep. That Oof. was that was the other goofiness here, so... Yeah, it's um, kind of a, kind of a weird uh, weird vibe. When I was growing up, there was no Century. Let me just say that right off the first part. <laughs> and now even talking to some of our Rochester friends that we communicate still with, to say right now that Rochester Century is now of the three publics, the best of the three. Is it really? Basically, I mean. For boys or girls? Well, right now for girls, per se, mm. if you can say that uh, with a straight face. Um, but... Um, I was looking here quick to see where Rochester, yeah, Rochester. Oh, Lourdes actually four and two so far this year. So I, I'm almost positive still got some John Marsh. That was a co-op last year, and I don't usually that's more than just a one year deal. So He's like, it sounds like I could write an entire story about the the politics of you Rochester could. girls hockey. Yes, dun dun dun. And we could talk about why doesn't Rochester have a logo or a mascot for their youth? <laughs> but that's another day, another time. I mean, at least Mankato could say, "Hey, we're the Mavericks because we have a Division One school here." Yeah. And we have the colors of Mankato State. At least in the youth program they do. Uh, St. Cloud's the same way. St. Yeah. Cloud's got black and black and, uh, black red, and red and white. And they might just call them the Huskies, but they don't call themselves anything. <laughs> Speaking of black, red, and white, we've got five teams that are going to come out in a story tomorrow. It's titled The Unranked. It's a way to show some love to some teams that might not have made the top 10 in Class 2A or the top five in Class A. Those five teams for week one of The Unranked, are River Lakes, there's your black, red, and white. Yep. I think they're black, red, and white. I think so. Centennial, which is black, red, gray, and white. Yep. Lakeville South, Northfield, and Gentry Academy. So three double-A schools, uh, two single-A schools. Looking forward to doing a bit of a deep dive on each team. The research is all done, uh, and you can read that story tomorrow. And Gentry has a basic color of red, and Lakeville South has a crimson or variation of red is there, or is more of a, more of a scarlet? I think it's more of a scarlet. Go scarlet with that one, or a maroon. 
Mm, this is a maroon ish. This would be a maroon. It kind of looks like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like a maroon and vet. You know what? We could just look at their state high school. We could. I'll tell you why. He is looking up that piece. I'm going to go forward a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go forward, even though we're going to talk about the past a little bit, because we want to talk a little bit about some of the games that last week we thought were some you better pay attention because these are going to be some games to watch. Some of them uh, held up to our expectations, and some of them not quite not so we were expecting. Uh, let's start with a couple. Let me start with a couple. I know. Yeah, he is furiously right now typing. Um, I'm watching my computer load. Exactly, it's a little slow in here. I, it was it was on fire for a while. Also. So it's red and Vegas gold, but that is not red. Oh, for Lakeville South? Yeah, it's yeah, not red. Yeah. That's a weird. It's whatever. Lake, it's not red. You know what's? I'm just red. gonna annoy myself. Everybody on Lakeville this. South, you know what's not red. Just tell us what it is. Is it crimson <laughs> or scarlet? But moving backward to go forward and over, had a big matchup with Maple Grove and they. Flexed her muscles on Friday night. Peyton Hemp had a goal and three assists and a 7 nothing victory Shocker. over the Crimson, another variation of, of red. <laughs> a common theme I'm, I'm noticing right now. Uh, another game that we thought was kind of a big thing was going to be the Eden Prairie-Wyzetta game, and they tied 1-1. Still a good like- game for both of them. Hopefully that's going to be the game that's going to propel them. They were both looking for that that next win. To I'd rather be two and three than one and four. Yeah. But they kept the wins. And we they, made a big deal about how this could be a big game for whoever yes. won. And then what do they do? Like two bulldozers crashing into each other over and over again. It ends in a one-one tie. So the ground is still undug. Undug. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best I got for that one. Um, I mentioned this before, but Northfield got the better of Owatonna in the Battle of Unbeatens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now the Huskies are now got that loss. But again, they're still not, uh, they don't have a blemish on their record. They're still in the, in the hunt for the Big Nine Championship as Northfield wins that one 3 2 on uh, Friday night. Maggie Maleka, 32 saves on 34 shots. She'll be one of the highlighted players in the unranked article coming out tomorrow. She's got a 5 0 record with some of the best numbers in the conference. Teaser. <laughs> okay. A uh, couple of the scores we're going to throw at you real quick. Uh, Mounds v- uh, Mound, Mounds View. Mounds View. Mound no. West Tonka defeated Orno 5-2 to two in a big battle, if you would. I mean, that's almost a, that's a border battle because they combine. It's a big rivalry game. They combine for the youth program, Orno West Tonka, basically, um, and then they split for the high school. So that's kind of a big win for the Whitehawks. And if you – Remember five minutes ago, he did mention that the White Hawks are in the top five now of the single A. Number so, five. So that helped propel them. Obviously, the goaltending is, is helping them as well as a throttled um, Orno in that case. Uh, another one that was kind of a, a big one that happened was a Hill Murray beating a Benilde St. Margaret 3-1. to one. Um, It's a big win for the Pioneers. Big one. And, and you know, I don't want to say there's a team that, that – uh, Peter's been watching, but he definitely said when he went and saw Hill Murray last week, he said they are for real. Remember, they had the Christmas tree. They got a, they are, they're great four checkers, and <laughs> they're definitely going to be a team that is. I mean, obviously they're going to have their section wrapped up. Let's just say that right now, but they're still going to be a, a a team that everybody has to go through to get to the state championship. When they push Benil, which Benil's been kind of running, they usually been running through everybody, and they still got mm-hmm. you know some of the the probably the most D one defenseman per percentage on the team than anybody I think else in the Metro for sure. Oh, they're probably right up there with Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Minnetonka has two or three. Used to have a lot more. I think Edina has two or three. Could be. With the graduation of some key players, maybe BSM now has the title of Defender U. 
But considering how high Benilde started in the preseason rankings for Hill Murray to start unranked, and then within two weeks climbed to number four, beating Benilde was a, a big reason for that. Yep. And then to continue with that idea, uh, they battled again last night. Uh, I was fortunate enough not to really watch it, but just keep an eye on it. You know, you go watch the old Twitter scoreboard, and you see different po- games that pop up. But I was mm-hmm. actually at the Victoria Rink watching my son's game, and then all of a sudden I, I kept hearing action behind me, so I kept peeking every once chance I had, and I just kept seeing 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 Well, guess what? It ended up 0 0 So Between Benilde and Holy Family. If I could say that was kind of a victory, um, somewhat for Benil, just because they held uh, they held Hill Murray in check, if I can say that. Holy family, Holy family, I Holy said, family. Because I wrote HM up there. That's what. I yeah, Benil tied Holy Family zero zero last night. They did. Yeah, thirty shots on goal for Benil. Looks like it was a big game for Holy Family's Sedona Blair. She had thirty saves, twenty one saves for Benil's Carly Green. Benil still struggling to score goals. Yeah, see, I wrote a little there. bit like a little bit like last season. So I wrote that. I wrote that there. I wrote HM. Why did I write that? <laughs> you should write it in permanent mark. I should just put Hill instead of putting HF and HM next to each other. <laughs> it's like a it's like a clothing store, HFM or something like that. Um, and then a game that that um, uh, I don't want to do that again. That Peter call me Tony again. I'm walking off. I know um, that Peter mentioned before was Edina with a huge victory over Minnetonka. I know it's I don't want to say huge, but anytime that you two good you know, late conference teams play each other, and obviously it's going to be a battle. And sure enough, Edina showed the better of the two. Uh, the key player on that one we made reference to as one of our stars of the night uh, for our now prospect was Vivian Jungles with not one, not two, but three associates. Three. Just all three of the Hornets goals. So I can say that she was a pinnacle part of that victory last night. Lauren Zawoyski had the game winner. She scored 15 seconds after the Skippers managed to tie the game in the latter stages of the third period. That was kind of a bummer. I was making soup while I was listening to the oh. to the call from Pete Wagoner, and I don't know his color commentator. Uh, I don't know his partner, but they did a nice job last night. Had a lot of fun listening to those guys, and I, I heard Skippers have tied the game. And a few seconds later, oh, and an awkward bounce, and Zawoyski's put the Hornets up 3-2. to two. So... It's a big game insofar as it's always a big deal to beat the number three ranked team in the state. Unfortunately, Andover being ahead of Edina means that rankings-wise, it's just a pat on the back. It's not like they're going to leapfrog Andover to be number one. But still, no. good win for the Hornets. I'm sure they would rather win than lose. Oh, for sure. And Hillmary's not going to bounce over Minnetonk in the rankings. You're going to stay no. pretty good there still. But you still got to win those games or play competitive in those games to hold your spot. If I, can I mean, say there's that. a big weekend coming up. Yes. So some things are going to change. Yes. Some things are going to change. So no guarantees that Minnetonka would stay ahead of Hill Murray. Maybe Hill Murray has a big game this weekend. Possibly. Maybe let's let's bleed into this these let's, weeks game. Let's just Th- let's, these weeks. Let's Jeez. get into the future. Let's. Well, I'm sick of the past. Sick of the past. Quit looking forward. Quit looking backwards. <laughs> Boy, stumble, stumbling and bumbling for the last couple of seconds here. Hey, speaking of in about oh three hours or so. Three hours. Who's teeing off in three hours? Tea hours. We have a 7 o'clock tea time uh, with uh, your Hornets and your Pioneers. Yeah. Battle that we just talked about. There it is. There if it Hill is. Murray wins this one, there's no way you'd keep him below Minnetonka. Correct. Correct. That's a big game. Who do you got? Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I, I don't want to say I don't like both teams, <laughs> but I respect <laughs> both teams. 
But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the the Pioneers. I just think right now they got the momentum. Wow. I, I'm taking I'm taking the Murrays in a uh, in a mini up. Um, I'll say just be like a two one battle, nice and simple. I would I would call that an upset. I'm gonna take Edina. I think that Edina is clearly the second best team in the state. Uh, obviously, they haven't played Andover yet, but um, so they couldn't leapfrog the Huskies. But I'll take Edina. Okay. Uh, another game is coming up. It's going to actually go on tomorrow, so we've got some time to prepare for that less than not just three hours. Uh, it's going to be that Holy Family team. Again, they're jumping outside of their comfort zone, and they're hosting the Ladies of Troy. Wyzetta is coming to town, the Victoria, uh, at the rec center there. Who do you think's got the advantage of that one? I went back and forth on this one for the last 25 minutes. But off the cuff, I'm going to go Holy Family. I think the Fire need a statement win after starting with high hopes this season and maybe not getting off to the start that they wanted. But uh, a win over the Trojans, a win over a perennial late conference power, I think would do wonders for the Fire. I'm going to go Holy Family. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I like what you're thinking with this one, but I'm, act- I'm actually going to go the other direction because I feel that – the Trojans are going the right directions. Mind you, a tie with Ian Perry was not ideal for them, but I think getting that nice win over Blake on Tuesday, um, which we didn't mention, but still nice victory for them on the road, uh, uh, play, beating uh, Blake last night. I just think right now, I, th- I think Wyzetta's just going a little bit better. I mean, mind you, um, the Fire did shut out uh, Benil last night, so it could easily be one of those one nothing games. But I'm going to take uh, Wayzata with a little bit more power. Take Wayzata. Yeah, right. I'm going to okay. take those, yeah. Uh, another one, that, and we're going on the schedule-wise, we're kind of peeking around this. It looks like War Road is coming to the cities, to, I believe, Vanis Heights, I believe, is the home rink. A little southern swing. Yeah, it's going down to play the Gentry, the Stars. I, I believe they're called the Stars. The stars. Uh, they're I playing the stars, stars either a Friday and a Saturday because they show a Friday night game and they show a Saturday afternoon game, which makes sense. Warrow doesn't come all the way down here for just one simple game. Um, so that's a good battle. And then obviously Gentry is looking for a little respect. I know that they are on the um, the teaser list for, for Peter. Yeah. Uh, he's got some notes about them, uh, whether they can compete with Warrow or is this kind of a Warrow can come down and do the old uh, outstate, in-state uh, Gentry's fairly balanced. Kara Sajevich, Sajevich, I don't know. We watched her brother play for, for years, but Kara's got five goals and nine points. Audrey Jackson, Angelina Ruiz, and Juliana Gazdick each have seven. They've gotten pretty good goaltending between the duo of Riley Bartizal and Maggie Vance, but I think Warroad is just too high-powered. I'm going to take the Warriors. I think it could get to running time. I will take the Warriors as well. I, I think this is, it's going to be good for them because I think they've been playing some decent games, but they haven't had a really strong competition up on the northwest corner. So I think this would be good for them to just get... Just to see a Metro team. Just to see a Metro team and just to get that competition, which is what they need as they get further on in the season. So I think that's good for them. So I'll take the Warriors uh, in that one. Uh, we'll just say one game because, again, we're not sure if it's a typo. They're playing two or... Hockey Hub has got them down for two. If they're playing a series, I'm not sure. Maybe they're playing a best. If, if they're playing two, I'll take Warroad in both games. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't change how I feel no. about the Warriors. I get them in a best best uh, two-goal series. <laughs> Total goals. <laughs> uh, next one, which is a northern battle, and uh, Grand Rapids Greenway is battling up in the Roseau, Ramland. Ramland. Which should be good because the state's leading scorer, Mercury Bischoff, is going to go against the pesky Helgesons 
and the Rams. Who do you like in that one? I got Rozo, hands down. <laughs> hands down. I think Rozo's played better competition this season. I think Grand Rapids, Greenway has some impressive numbers individually and as a team, but I also think that it's come with beating up a little bit on some lesser competition. You don't beat a team by 15 goals unless you are just worlds away better than them. So I'm going to take Rozo. I agree with you. And the only thing I'm going to add to that is the fact that Mercury Bischoff is pulling up some uh, astronomical numbers for an eighth grader. She is. Um, but now she's not playing against other eighth graders. In Talent, Talented player, talented team, but they're not playing superior this week. Yeah. So, and Waro has had more talented players, and they have more stronger defense. And so I think Oh, that's yeah. They got more size. They got more experience. They got more Northern grit. Talent, talent in general. So. But definitely could be a battle of the uh, the North and the uh, the Iron Range. So it should be a good battle. But I'll take I'll take the uh, the Lightning in that one for sure. Uh, we got two more. These are Metro games. Uh, let's start with the Ponies against the Rangers. Ponies, Rangers. Ponies, Rangers. Stillwater against Forest Lake. I had the privilege of watching these two teams on our first day back to hockey on January 14th. And <sighs> Remember that still, day? A glorious day. It was. It was a great day. I, I bought my first ever Pentel Energel pen at a Walmart in Stillwater after watching these two teams play. That's neither here nor there. That's a way to celebrate. <laughs> I've got Stillwater in this game. Uh, Forest Lake looks like they've improved a little bit since that opening win. They've gotten into more of a routine. The first few games are always going to be the most difficult, especially in a season like this. But I think that the overall talent of Stillwater outweighs the overall talent of Forest Lake. I'm going to take the ponies. Uh, I like what you said, and I agree with you 100%. I really don't see an opportunity in this one to really go with an upset. I think, for, like you said, Forest Lake is going the right way. Uh, Rachel Goldness had a great game last night as they beat Woodbury. Uh, she did get the Hattie. She did earn our number one star. Uh, of the night and are now right. prospects. So How about that? For her three goals, the uh, Colgate University commitment, uh, Rachel Golnitz, uh, in their victory over Woodbury last night. But I think Stillwater just has – Forest Lake has got a lot of uh, – She's obviously Golnitz is a good player. I think Stillwater itself has just had a good team. And obviously with Josie St. Martin, an unbelievable freshman, um, I think she's going to start lighting things up. She's slowly starting to light things up. So I think as a team-wise, I think Stillwater's got this one. It'll come down to Stillwater's top line. And Stillwater has a little bit of depth. They've got a line of really young players that play on their third line, not checking line because you can't check, but a third line, uh, a jump start line. So if they can get a couple extra goals from that jump start line in, in a case where the first line gets shut down, then Stillwater's got a great chance. For sure. For sure. And then our last matchup, which actually we've talked about once before, is Wyzetta. Not only do they play the fire on Thursday, but now they turn on that. They have to go to Skipperland. they got to go to Pagel to take on the mighty, mighty Minnetonka Skippers. Oh, boy. It's a little bit like they just took on fire, and now they have to take on water. I don't know which. Well, I, water has to be more powerful than fire because water can extinguish fire. Um, True. But what happens if you have fire water? I don't think that's a real thing. Shoot. I think <laughs> my dreams I, have been I think, crushed. I think it's in a it's another name for liquor, isn't it? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, so maybe it is a real thing. Cuz like vodka is Russian for water. Oh. Oh, you learn something new every day. You know what else we're going to learn that I'm going to take Minnetonka in this game, but I think it's going to be closer than people might expect from the number three team versus an unranked team. I think Wyzetta keeps this close. They've kept every game close up to this point. They, all of their games have been decided by two goals or less, 
even the losses, losing Northright County and Hill Murray uh, by two goals and one goal, respectfully, respectively. So every game has been close for Rosetta. I think they keep it close with Minnetonka, but I think Minnetonka wins. I think the, the Lake Conference is broken into two sections. There's the so? top tier, and then there's everybody else. And I think Wyzetta and EP are on the, the top of the everyone else, but can they crack to the top two, which is Edan and Tonka? Yeah. And I just don't think right now. Right now, I don't think Wyzetta, if this game was played, say, a month from now and Wyzetta got on a hot streak, say they got they ripped off, say, 7 of an 8, they were 7-0-1 on a, on a streak, I would be leaning toward Wyzetta. I already am picking them to take – down the fire, but I think back-to-backs is going to be really too tough. And Minnetonka's got a few more powerful players than uh, Holy Family. Yes, They're deeper for sure. So, so uh, Granted, the girls' hockey hub says that this game is delayed. I'm assuming this is the makeup game from, oh, could la- be. from last week. But just in case that this game stays marked as delayed... Uh, you have a preview for the next time the teams play. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're just, looking, at, looking at the bright side. Just save this, if you would, please. All right. Uh, let's talk about some fist bumps. I want to throw out there some accolades. We want to give some recognition to some people, places, or things that we feel are doing some unbelievable things. Mitt this, bump. This week, um, I'm going to focus on two people and a thing. Okay. Which is going to twist you a little bit. But we're <laughs> going to start with, first of all, we're going to start with uh, Lacey Stay of... Albert Lee. And, yes, I know everybody out there is going, oh, my gosh, Todd, could we just stop talking about the 507 hockey? I'm can't. But, Harris, I want to make Lacey Stay come at you and remind you that she actually is a pretty decent little player. The reason I brought her up is because she got the Texas hat trick last night as they took down Austin, who was previously undefeated, before. So not only did Lacey um, – Lucy. Lucy. I said Lacey, Lucy. Not <laughs> only did she get a Texas hat trick against their heated rival, the Packers of Austin, but they also beat them for the first time. And now, and then she doubled her point, uh, her Goal goals total. for the season. So she went from into the game with four, got four more, and now she's sitting in eight. So kudos to uh, Lacey for a great game against uh, Austin as they sit right there in the mix of the big nine. So uh, a great Great opportunity for her. She hasn't quite got a helper yet, so when she starts passing the puck, her numbers are going to jump through the roof. But right now, she is what they call a bona fide goal scorer for the Tigers. A goal scorer's goal scorer? Yes. She just says, give me the puck, I'll score. Easy peasy. <laughs> uh, another person you want to recognize, too. Um, last week, we talked about Winona, and Winona had uh, her name was, it escaped me for a sec, but since I have a piece of paper, I'll tell you about it. Her name was Aliyah Grisius. Remember we talked about her last week. She had 86 saves and a loss to Rochester Century and a 4-1 loss. Mm-hmm. But guess what, Peter? We have one better. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No way. International Falls last night, they were beaten by Proctor Hermantel. That's the I'm score. still waiting for the better part. Here's the better part. The score was 10 nothing. The game was a little out of control. I get it. Proctor Herman Town scored four in the first, one in the second, five in the fifth. Uh, five, five in the third. <laughs> Felt like a fifth period for sure. But this is what Naomi Paradise did. She had 107 shots on goal. And no she made way. 97 saves. What? 97. So one week we get 86. Next week we get 97. Top that. And I know most of you out there in podcast land are going, well, that's got to be a record. Because last week you talked about the Winona Gal, Grisius, who was like sixth. She tied for sixth overall in Minnesota State history. Well, we know 
that as our crack staff Peter checked out that Naomi's save <laughs> yeah, on the staff. evening, yeah, staff of one, <laughs> was the International Falls record for the most saves by a uh, goalie. School record. State record, though, crack staff, uh, was done by Taylor Baumhoffner of Worthington in 2007. She recorded 118 saves. In a sing in a regulation game. Regulation game. So Naomi, you get yourself. You probably should get two fist bumps wow. for that one because ninety seven. That is a unbelievable um, second all time. I hope somebody got her a fruit basket after the game. Fruit basket. I would get her Chick Fil A. Get whatever whatever <laughs> she wants. This your last one on this mip bump is also part of the Proctor Hermantown International Falls game. It is part of it. And it popped my eyes a little bit because I was looking at the games a little bit, getting ready, and all of a sudden I looked, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm not a I'm not a logo snob, but I do love a great logo. And I noticed that Proctor Hermantown has changed their logo. They have got this sweet-looking M, because it used to be just a mirage. It was kind of like a script, you know. But now they use the – so it's a white M, Really super fancy font with the Proctor Hermantown. It's got the blue and green mix outline, and it's got two stars in there. So I want to give some kudos to Proctor Hermantown for jazzing up their logo this Sweet year. Sweet redesign. Yes, yes. Nice. You know, it's not the Hawks. It's not the Rail Hawks, which I wish they would be called. The, but they <laughs> got their own thing. They are the Mirage, and they have amped up their logo, and it's a sweet logo because I love logos that are very simple. It's either a picture or a letter or a combo of, like, two or three letters. just keeps it really simple. You don't have to have 15 words on there. But so, again, uh, mid-bump goes to Proctor Hermantown for jazzing up their logo this year. Jazz. All right. Speaking of jazz, I'm going to turn. I, I should probably should turn some jazz to kind of uh, calm myself down. This week's cage fogger is an issue that's popped up. And part of it pops up because I'm personally going through it, not on the girl side, but just on the hockey side of it uh, here in Bloomington. And I have looked through Twitter, and so I see these cool pictures, and I see on Instagram, and so and so's got their Toronto Six just crushing it with, yes, the, with yes. the locker room dances. Their locker room dances, and I see a you know I see a high school player, girls, or you know uh, she's got her second shutout. There she is in the locker room. Got a great picture of her. They got everything looking good. They got the mask on. They still got their gear on, or they got their shoulder pads off. But Peter, yes, why can't we all be in the same sheet of music about using the locker rooms? It is frustrating from a parent perspective when I see some rinks. They go, "Yep, we got. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. You can be in the locker room. Don't bring your bags in. You come in. You get out. It's perfect." Then you go to other rinks and it's like, nope, you got grown men or grown women changing and getting their skates on or sitting in t-shirts out in the lobby when other rinks are saying, yep, we'll put you in a locker room. And I know it's a city council thing, but I want to get your take on it because it's frustrating the heck out of me. I think we always knew it was going to be frustrating. When it was left up to the facilities or the municipalities that control those facilities, we knew it was going to be different for everyone. And we knew that some rinks were going to have the room to put people inside, and some rinks would not. When Tony and I talked to the rink manager from Alexandria, he said, we, we don't have room to put people all over the lobby getting dressed. I think the locker rooms, I hate the inconsistency. If I had to pick one, I would just say just close them, close all of them. 
but this half and half is going to cause problems for the rest of the season. I think that's something we just have to get used to. I, I, I think I know it's not a great answer. No, I, I know, know it's not like a real answer, but and the part that that bugs us the most right here in Bloomington is the fact is that we just got these brand new lockers, and I understand a pandemic virus. I know that kind of trumps everything. It, it it supersedes that, which I know is more important. But it's one of those things where you see it elsewhere and you know it's working, and then you're like, it can work. You want to be like, hey, city council, it will work. I've seen it work. It is working. So, and I, and I, believe it or not, I do have so a little communication. I know they're working on it. Believe it or not, I know there's a couple people that I've talked to. Um, and that this is a crack staff research by any means, but <laughs> there's a few people that have said, Hey, there's something in the works, which would be phenomenal. And I just, obviously there's that piece that, that drives me through the roof. And I know I, I look elsewhere, but when you see high school seniors got this brand new locker, which they finally got this brand new locker room last year, they got to enjoy last year, this year, whether the season's going good or not, doesn't make a difference, but just to see grown people, you know, you put up a, a barricade and you put up this splash guard of a of a curtain, and you're like, <laughs> "Come on, let's just let's follow your parameters, and you can make this work, so we can all be the same using facilities, and it's going to work out just fine." That's my fog. That's my event. There it is. I'm done. So let's move on to a more happier thought, which is going to be our favorite segment. Well, it's personally mine. There might be six other people out there that really don't give a rat about get into Peter and what his personal feelings are about certain objects, but I love this part. So let's three questions, rapid fire. Ready? Yeah. Hit me. Number one, hot dog. Is it a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. <laughs> there are people that will argue that a hot dog is a sandwich. I don't know why people even argue that. Why does it have to be a sandwich? Whether it's a sandwich or not, why does it have to be Because they feel it's meat sandwich? inside of a bun. That's what makes a sandwich. That doesn't make it a Oh my God. I know. It's a hot dog. A hot dog is a hot dog. Food for thought. Good one. If I hit, hold on, wait, wait, Perfect. There we go. Question number two. Peter, what is the latest show that you are watching? Night Stalker. Night Stalker. I just finished Night Stalker. It's four episodes. It's about the Night Stalker killer from California in the 80s. Where it feels like every show that comes out about a serial killer is about some guy, some person from California. In the 80s. But this one was really well done. It's on Netflix. It follows the detectives Frank Salerno and Gil Carrillo. Um, A really interesting story about a grizzled old detective and a younger guy making a name for himself and not getting the respect that he deserved. So the investigation went went on even longer because they didn't believe Gil. It's a crazy story. And it also offered a couple of insights on how law enforcement and the media work together on crimes Mm -hmm. and the butting of heads that goes on because the media will get something and they want to hit the airwaves with it. But then law enforcement says, well, if you release this clue, then this guy's going to know that we're looking for a specific type of shoe. You can't do that. So the bartering that goes along with having scoops and stories was uh, equally frustrating and interesting, but I would highly recommend night stalker. Okay. With the lights on. During the daytime. Oh, gotcha. Night Stalker. Uh, if you're looking for a chuckle, I will let you know right now that we are currently watching Ted Lasso, which is actually a quite... Is it good? It's actually very humorous. I do love Jason Sudeikis. He is, he is here. He is, uh, I think, the, not only the writer, producer, 
mind you, he's the head coach, which is it's quite funny. Um, and it gets a little serious once in a while, but for the most part, it's it's pretty it's spot on, and it's you know in, you know American guy who coached at Wichita State football, and then he gets this coaching job for a premier soccer team, and knows nothing about <laughs> soccer, and it's just this random you know Wichita oh shucks kind of guy. And it's, it's it's quite a good accent. It's right it's quite hilarious, and uh, his haircut is pretty amazing. So, if you're looking for a chuckle, Ted Lasso is pretty good. And that's a ten episode one, which I think is the most popular one. It's like quick ten, and you're done. So, I do love it. All right, question number three for Peter: the retro wild jerseys that came out as they beat uh, Avalanche on Sunday. What are your thoughts about it? Not being a former North Stars fan, I am currently looking up how to get a Kirill Kaprizov. Jersey, Capri Sun with those colors. I thought they were beautiful. I thought they were fantastic. The green breezers that makes me pretty. Oh, I found one on Poshmark with stars. They had the three stars on the side. If this is real, I might buy it right now. Glamorous. No, this looks like it's from a fake website. And I love those guys. They were like, and I know you gave up your. your New Year's resolution of uh, comments, but a couple of people they're comments. complaining. They're like, "Ah, oh, wow, these aren't the the authentic ones because the North Stars put green letters on there and numbers." I'm like, "It's not supposed to be an exact remake no, of the North Stars uniform." No, 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 it's supposed to be glamorous. I will say though, it was very similar to kind of watching the Gophers this year with their retro shirts with the yellow numbers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of difficult to see the numbers in the back. I mean, mind you, the cameras they have are a little you know weird. You know how bad the cameras at Mariucci. It's kind of what it yes. feels like when you're watching the Wild, especially. Out, um, but so it sometimes gets a little challenging to see those yellow numbers on white ice and white jerseys, but for the most part, a unique and gorgeous jersey. I, li- I like that one. I'd also like to mention the NWHL playoffs. Uh, looks like they are upon us. I can't really tell from the schedule. I do not like this website layout. Anyway, um, Buffalo taking on my Toronto 6 mm. tomorrow at 5.30 Eastern. I'll be watching that game. You know and what that means, then? What does it mean? That means the two historical hockey states are going to battle each other. Another big rivalry game. Yes. Remember the 1970s? They hated each other. Yeah, remember last week? Yes. <laughs> the Boston Pride will take on the Minnesota Whitecaps. Pride we the should, Caps. We should also mention that the Metropolitan Riveters and the Connecticut Whale left the bubble early and forfeited their remaining games due to health and safety concerns stemming from COVID-19. When you have a bubble, I guess you expect it to act as a bubble, insulating those inside it and keeping those outside outside. So it is a it's it's a bummer. It's frustrating. Bubble buster. It's devastating. It's annoying well, the, that well, this the NHL happened. did such a great job of the of the I know of doing the bubble, which is why you'd think why, why wouldn't you just follow the exact same blueprint? And you only have as the NHL six playoffs. teams. So I don't know what happened. It could have been something as innocuous as somebody didn't test positive before going in. Mm. Somebody picked it up from, gee, a vending machine. Uber I Eats. don't know. Uber Eats came inside the bubble. They I don't, had to I don't have that a pepperoni I don't, pizza. I don't, they had to get, <laughs> somebody had to get buffalo wings. They had to get authentic <laughs> buffalo wings in somebody, Lake Placid. Somebody got wings in Lake Placid and got COVID from the wing sauce. COVID uh, wings. We don't. We don't know all the details. I don't think anybody does, but that's uh, it's not the conclusion because we still got to play for the Isabel Cup. But uh, frustrating nonetheless to see two teams leave the bubble prematurely. Yes. So sad times in Lake Placid, but we're going to go forward. Whatever. It's six are taken at home. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. 
Toronto, Minnesota for the championship. But anyway, let's uh, let's wrap the sucker up since we've taken a lot of your time so far. We, yeah. like, we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, I also might be in the works of maybe putting together an email. So I know there's some folks out there that either A, have stories for us, or B, have an idea, or they've got a player like, hey, we'd love you to give some recognition to so-and-so. Susie Crossbar, because she is doing great things over here in the North Shore or in Fairmont. And we try to catch it all. So if you can, don't get the email set up, but you always hit us up on Twitter. Send us a notification. Twitter on, would be the best way. On Youth Hockey Hub, Twitter, and I will get back to you as soon as we can. So uh, for Peter Odden, who is, again, knowledgeable, insightful, tireless, researchable. Crack staff. <laughs> half crack, half staff. But, hey, this is Todd Hulk. Thank you again for listening to Her Ice because it's not his ice. So and take, it never will be. And take care of yourself, Peter. Okay. And also take care of Laura. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk to you next time. Used to keep it cool. Used to be a fool. All about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news. What you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool. (laughs) 